Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Um, today we're kindly joined by Alan Green once more. Thank you very much for joining us today, Alan. Hello, Jonathan. Good to be back. Fantastic. So, Alan, a a slightly quieter uh, week in the markets uh, at the moment. We uh, we haven't seen one of these thousand point uh, swings on the Dow Jones for for a couple of days. I mean, is this something that you think is probably going to be uh, a trend that starts to go forward now? Do you think we've seen the worst of the volatility? in equities that we're going to see and um, things are sort of quieting down now as, as we move towards a situation where things slowly or very slowly get back to some kind of normality? Yeah, I mean, trying to call the markets at the moment, Jonathan, is, a, is, uh, is pretty difficult. But um, the one thing the volatility, the volatility has created are some great trading opportunities. And, uh, you know, we're seeing an awful lot of activity sort of on our across our our, our, our Twitter profiles and um, other social media profiles just in regard to the sheer volume of trading activity that's taking place um, now of course uh, I think I said previously that looking the market tends to look six to nine months forward so as we're now starting to get a handle and maybe just maybe the UK is starting to see the the, the number of deaths plateau, um, which is what the the government were looking for in the first place, to see a plateauing to ensure the NHS could continue to deal with the most chronic cases going forward. And we're now starting to see this. Um, we're starting to see uh, uh, some factories and shops reopen in Spain um, and, uh, and also in the US. And there's even talk, I think, that... Um, in the UK today, Burger King and Pret a Manger, and some of the some of the the, the food outlets uh, and takeaway outlets are will be opening their the, the outlets for distribution uh, of takeaways. Obviously, you know, uh, distributed via, I guess, uh, uh, delivery van or 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 take or, or motorcycle or whatever. But um, yeah, I think we are starting to see normality, Jonathan. In answer to your question, but. Um, of course, anything can happen if indeed we come out of the other side of this and we start to mingle again. There could be wave two. So um, I think, uh, yeah, it, it, looking forward, I hope that the social distancing measures will be in place for some years to come. I think they'll have to be. But um, yeah, starting to see things get back to normal. Yes, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be a very long and uh, drawn out process and rightly so. Uh, I think in uh, what we've seen has been terrible. So I think the government has to to do um, to avoid another situation like that. Yeah, um, is very is very is very important. And I, don't know, I think these these type of markets, as we touched on, um, we're going to be um, probably seeing a little bit more volatility coming back into markets. Uh, but I think at this point in time, it, it's very much turning into a stock pickers market where there's going to be some very good opportunities for investors to get into companies if they're looking 
truly for sort of medium to longer term companies. I think there's going to be some uh, opportunities here, which which maybe sort of once it once in a decade opportunities. We've touched on some of the blue chip yeah. companies, haven't we? Previously, such as Shell. I think uh, mm. I'm going to be going quite heavily into Shell if it gets any closer back down to ten pounds. Yeah, and there's there's a few that we are uh, that we were talking about and we touched on before we started recording, which do look particularly interesting, and they're towards um, the sort of more mid cap area of the market. And there's one stock that we that I think we'll probably kick things off with with looking at, and that is one um, company listed uh, listed here in London, uh, and that's Eddie Stobart. It's had a terrible year uh, if you're looking at the share price, but it's up 16% today. Alan, have you got any more details on on the rise there? Okay, so Eddie Stobart, um, of course, are the uh, the, the eponymous uh, delivery company and logistics company. Um, they, of course, distribute a lot of the food and supplies across the UK. Uh, they have a major contract, of course, with Tesco. So um, ed, ed, everyone knows the brand. It's, it's probably one of the most familiar brands in the UK. Um Last year, there was uh, the, the, there was an accounting error which led to an impairment charge of 169 million. Bearing in mind, you know the company was worth uh, you know getting off for a billion at that point on the market, and it's now come back uh, to the point where it's worth worth a fraction of that. Um, so, so at that point, the company was looking to complete uh, a takeover, stroke merger with Win Canton. <coughs> Sorry, Win Canton. Excuse me. Um, who subsequently pulled out um, almost immediately after that. Th- this is going back still to last November. The company uh, bought in some investment from a company called DBay Advisors, who injected seventy million to improve the liquidity and um, and bring some working capital into the company. Um, and the, Stobart's currently said that they would report. Uh, they expected a small uh, a small full year EBITDA loss. Um, and said that future cash flow would not be materially affected by the by the impairment adjustment. So, um, in a sense, things have got back to normal. But my my take on it is, I believe that the market will wait to see the full year numbers before then, but, but before uh, making making a judgment and possibly re- revaluing the company. But it has said on its website um, that it is seeing robust trading and um, also that uh, the work it's uh, it's doing throughout the COVID-19 crisis has thrown up some unusual opportunities. So there are firm indications that trading is going very well there. Um, and that's interesting because DBay Advisors um, scaled in with their investment into the company at an average of 32 pence a share. And yet here we are at sort of 8, 9p a share some way away from that. Um, so uh, perhaps the movement this morning could be attributed to the fact that uh, the markets are taking a closer look at the valuation of the company and seeing real value at these levels. Um, it's too early to say until really we get the results from the company. But even so, I think uh, it's, it offers a, a speculative but solid investment opportunity at these levels. And that's not a recommendation. That's just my opinion. 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, it's um, one of these that is very much a uh, recipient and facilitator of economic activity. So if it's able to come up with new opportunities during this crisis, that's probably something they're going to be able to take forward with them as as things start to pick up again. So that's a, that's a very interesting company and definitely one to watch uh, at this point in time. And another one that... John, just to say that, Rob, uh, I, um, I think it's also possible that in the mix there too is the fact that maybe when Canton, that's already cast the slide all over the company, may be taking the view that once the, once the numbers are out and the impairment is consigned to history, they may well take another look at the company too. But that's just... That's just me speculating. So, um, and- Indeed, potential for further merger talks there, which would be, again, quite positive for the share price. Yeah. So a, no- a number of different factors there to be keeping an eye on for Eddie, Eddie Stobart. Um, so this is one we're going to move on now to one that you know quite well, uh, Alan. And this is a company uh, whose one of its director has just said that they have, and this is a quote, um, announced a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in a new project. And this company is uh, Cadence Minerals, and it's just announced that they've received approval for one of their iron ore projects. We saw the shares very nearly double. I think they were they were up at about 100% uh, a couple of days ago on this announcement. But what, Alan, do you see in terms of the long-term value in this announcement? I mean, does this really live up to being a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? Absolutely. Uh, And more besides, Jonathan. Um, I've known the management team at Cadence for some years uh, and known Kieran Mazaria, the chief exec there, the, the the thing is with Cadence, it's a it's a mining investment company. So they, through the years, have invested into projects both at early stage and and later stage. Um, they had an investment in the Bacanora Lithium project, the Sonora Lithium project in in Mexico, which they've more or less sold out of now. They also have seven and a half percent of MacArthur Minerals, which owns the Lake Giles Iron Ore project. Um, and the share, shares in Cadence rocketed l- uh, last year when MacArthur announced it had struck a deal with a takeoff agreement with Glencore, which would be worth $4 billion over 10 years. Um, and of course, Cadence at the time had a, had a, had a pretty, pretty chunky stake in MacArthur and rocketed on, on the back of that. Still a significant shareholder there. They also own uh, 16% of European Metals Holdings and European Metals Holdings have just uh, bought in a major shareholder, CZ Group, who are uh, they're an Eastern European utility group, um, utility and energy group, uh, to uh, to basically continue developing the Sinovec lithium project, which is on the Czech-German border. And Sinovec is it's it's the fourth largest lithium brine, brine deposit in the world, and it's going to be a hub for the European EV industry going forward. Um, as I say, Cadence have uh, 16% of that. So already with those two, today the market cap is 5.7 million. Uh, 
Um, and already with those two, you've the project, the valuation of just one of those projects is way in excess of the current market cap. Um, the, the company also has investments in lithium assets in Argentina and Australia. But onto a mapper, which is the, the key here, and that was really what uh, sparked the interest and got the company a lot of press coverage this week. Uh, also, of course, you featured it in UK Investor Magazine. Um, so a, ma- a mapper is an iron ore mine, a railway and a port, uh, which the port is at Santana in Brazil. And there is a huge mound of iron ore tailings there on the port waiting to be shipped. Um, the, comp- the mine there, the Amapa mine, was owned by uh, Anglo-American, uh, which valued it at $600 million in 2012. Uh, there's a 14-year mine life there. The iron ore was sold all over the world, China, Europe. So it's good quality stuff. Um, the, the company or the, the ownership or, or the company that owns uh, Amapa uh, went into administration and Cadence have basically put together a deal whereby uh, they now have, and this is what propelled the share price, they now have permission to ship the iron ore tailings, which will raise um, sufficient funds to uh, part recommission the Amapa iron ore mine. So they can basically get the mine back to production. And of course, in doing so, they will rejuvenate the regional economy in Amapa, which is northeast Brazil. They'll bring jobs, employment, health benefits, everything else to the region. So this is this is a massive, massive project by by any standards. There's two and a half million dollars in escrow at the moment, and Cadence and the uh, the judiciary, uh, the the court of Sao Paulo, and the and the 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 regional um, governor are negotiating with the creditors. To uh, to come to an agreement on the outstanding monies. Once they do that, that two and a half million dollars will be released to pay those creditors, and Cadence will own twenty percent of the Amaparano mine. So, my my question is, well, it's not a question. Uh, the currently the, the the market cap of five point seven million to me seems paltry um, at present, and I think. Uh, the market will look into this, and once that once those monies are released, I do think Cadence is going to fly, uh, simply because the value in all its assets combined uh, are hugely in excess of where we currently are. So it's a very exciting company to be involved in. You know, there's a real opportunity here, uh, you know, for Cadence to make a real difference in the region, but also bring this mine back to life. And I, I'm almost certain that one of the the majors will come along and want to be a part of it. So, and do, do you think that there is an element of the market at this point in time looking at cadence and thinking that the um, sort of legal process that needs to be gone through, is there any risk in that and it not going through and that's sort of holding the share price back at the moment? Well, Cadence had to go through several stages to get to the point it's at today. The first one was to get permission to use the railway to ship the ore to uh, the, the port of Santana. They got that. That was that was uh, early this year. The second and, and the most critical one was permission to ship the iron ore. 
They've now got that, and that, in effect, is going to provide them with many, many millions of dollars to which will go towards the recommissioning of of the of the iron ore mine. And this has been agreed. The the the, uh, the Brazilian commercial court at Sao Paulo has ruled on this. So those, to my mind, were the hurdles to get over. Um, and clearly, they will be anxious to come to that Cadence comes to an agreement, Cadence and its joint venture with Indosino, I should say, come to an agreement with the creditors to to, 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 to get everything settled. And really, to me, that's that's a smaller hurdle than the, than the granting of the concessions and the permissions that have already been uh, granted by the court. So Cadence has already, in my mind, it's done the hard yards and the, the next process, you know, whilst negotiations have to be completed, um, will be closer to a formality. And I, I, I think we're going to hear about that very soon. So at this level, um, I, I'm, I also declare a position I hold shares in the company too. I bought them at various levels and um, I, uh, I, I will be buying some more on, 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 the back of, on the back of where it is. In fact, I'm hoping the share price falls a bit further so I can actually get in a bit lower down. Okay, so one that you've got some conviction with there, Alan. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be one that we discuss again in more detail when we get further developments on what this could look like in terms of revenue going forward. Because obviously those details um, haven't been announced because they're very difficult to gauge, not uh, notwithstanding the the lower iron ore prices than what they would usually be in a, in a normal functioning economy. So um, well, that. Be quite anything want to uh, hear more about. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, actually, John Jonathan. The the iron ore price is pretty robust. It was eighty three dollars a ton when I last looked. It's held up pretty well throughout this, and and indeed, uh, you know, we're seeing evidence of iron ore shipments moving into China again now. So, um, so you know that that's really part provided part justification for for the mine, and that of course the with the Vale Dam collapse in Brazil in, impacting on the global iron ore market, it squeezed the price, and the price has stayed pretty constant. It was over ninety dollars a ton, and it's still holding up at eighty three, eighty four dollars a ton. So you know that that also underscores the validity of the project too. Exactly. Yeah. In, interesting. Interesting. There, Alan. Um, so another one that we're going to finish off with is. A, well, it's a dual-listed company. It's listed here in, in London and also on the NASDAQ. And it's um, one of these companies which has been moving their operations and very much focusing on um, well, their existing operations, but shifting the focus of these operations towards potential um, treatments of COVID-19. Um, and that's a company called Tiziana Life Sciences, now, they have just recently announced that they were going to be developing a inhaler for the most uh, sort of the most damaging element of COVID-19, and that's the inflammation of the lungs. There's a couple of companies looking at this, uh, at, the, at this way of treating COVID-19 at this point in time. So what does that sort of look like for... Tiziana at this point in time, Alan, they're obviously moving in there. Where where are they in terms of development of um, this potential treatment? 
Okay, so Tiziana are a, a life sciences company, and they have a number of flagship product, products, Forolumab and Mishiclib, and they used they, they they've developed treatments for chronic conditions such as Crohn's disease, fatty liver uh, fatty liver conditions, and all the rest of it. Um, and they developed a a, a novel uh, nasal delivery system for for some of these treatments. Um, they realized through their research that, um, and again, this has, we've seen this with other companies in the pharmaceutical and biotech industry, um, that uh, some of the existing treatments can be adapted for, um, for COVID-19. And Tiziana shares have uh, rocketed on, on this news as well. Um, although it's come back to a point where the 81 million market cap loosely reflects where the company was before all this started, so it's at you know, what what I believe is uh, is is a good value inflection point. I will also say at this juncture I own shares in the company as well, so it's important for me to declare that. Um, so Tiziana Life Sciences have developed a TZLS501, which is uh, developed from their uh, it's a fully human uh, uh, molecular-based uh, treatment, um, and uh, it's they've developed that uh, they've developed an inhaler for patients infected with COVID nineteen, um, uh, where it delivers uh, the anti IL six uh, elements uh, to the lungs um, in, in in a similar way that you'd take perhaps an inhaler for asthma. I have a, a mild asthma condition which I occasionally use. I imagine the application will be very similar to this. But what we know of COVID-19 is, of course, that um, that uh, once patients, once the condition turns chronic, if there are underlying respiratory conditions, the patient is far more at risk. Um, and the, the, uh, the body then starts producing this chemical IL-6, uh, which effectively floods the lungs in a similar way to chronic pneumonia would do. Um, the TZLS501 treatment basically inhibits that production and stops the, the flooding of the lungs. So um, it's going through testing at the moment. And uh, But as with a lot of potential drugs for the treatment, those drugs are being fast-tracked fast and will hopefully receive approval very soon. And indeed, the company um, uh, published an update uh, um, late uh, before Easter last week uh, detailing detailing how they were progressing with the TZLS501 nasal uh, uh, and and nasal delivery and inhaler system so i think um i, I think uh, the company will be providing updates in due course but uh, i'm i'm just going back to what i believe is is a good valuation point because Tiziana is still trading currently where the where it was prior to the covid-19 uh, 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 and TZLS501 prior to that development taking place. Also worth noting too, the company is now fully funded. It's raised, it's raised uh, uh, some 20 to $30 million over the past few weeks. So it's fully funded to complete this research and fast track the development of the treatment. Okay, so, you know, it's another one here which is in... You know, very much. It sounds like uh, the relatively early stages of of putting this forward, and that's the same for a number of different companies. Um, I mean, what do you think sets this apart, Alan, from 
you know, some of the other companies that you know, are, are listed uh, typically on the AIM market mm. that are developing uh, you know, treatments for COVID-19, they're obviously still in the early stages as well. What would you be sort of two points do you think that, that really sets uh, Tiziana apart from, from the other companies out there? That's a very good point, Jonathan. Um, we spoke about Avacta a few weeks ago, um, and Avacta have developed their Afema product into a testing system. So, so they're at the testing end of the uh, end of the evolution of the disease. Um, now, Avacta raised money at around eighteen pence a share. I think when we spoke about them last, they were twenty p a share. Those shares have rocketed, and they've they've traded over seventy pence recently. So. We're really seeing, uh, uh, you know, that this this is genuinely a company changing scenario, um, and Tiziana, uh, but Tiziana at the other other end of the scale. So their treatment is there for patients who already have the condition, um, uh, and it's to inhibit the production of IL six. So um, th- this disease is going to be around for many years. Um, you know, let's make no mistake about it. So this is going. This treatment will be crucial, uh, and I think um, because it's based on existing molecular technology that's uh, that's already in in late uh, in, in late uh, um, trialing uh, prior to being released onto the market. Um, I think uh, Tiziana could could turn this around pretty quickly, particularly given they've just raised the additional funds to to fast track the process. So, yeah, so as opposed to some companies having treatment for testing, testing people for coronavirus, the IL-6 treatment from Tiziana is all about treating patients that have the condition and uh, and have are at risk of succumbing to the respiratory uh, um, element of the disease. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to play a crucial role going forward. Okay, very, very interesting. I'm sure one that we will touch on again at some point, Alan. So that was the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Thank you very much for everybody who listened. And just a reminder that you can also catch uh, the uh, UK Investor Magazine podcast on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app, which is available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Alan, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be back. Fantastic. So we'll surely be speaking again very soon. Um, So look forward to it. And thanks again, Alan, for joining us today.